It's Bad History. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bad History. Bad History. My name is Steven, and I am joined, as always, by my super spooky companion, Dave. <laughs> What's up? Hey, Steven. So this is part two of our Halloween special. Last week, we did uh, famous uh, monsters. So you did the famous Cyclops from Odysseus, and I did the Headless Horseman, and I think that it was a bombastically great episode. A bombastic. I think so. Uh, this week, we are going to be doing... Uh, <laughs> We are going to be doing uh, more general monster classes. So pull out those stat sheets. Pull them out. Let's dude. let us let, let us check out the stats on these monsters, huh? Yeah, dude. Uh, so we're going to be looking at kind of more generalized monsters. Uh, we have two good, I think, pretty interesting monsters. Maybe you've never heard of before. But before we jump into into that, uh, Dave, how have you been, man? How is your how how has this uh, special spooky time of the year been treating you? It has been especially spooky. Mm-hmm. So it's like crunch time at school. And oh, it's cr it's crunch time it, down at the old law school. Down at the old the, the old law school place. <laughs> Smoke rising What's from the chimneys at the old law school mansion. Um. Yeah, it's like papers and shit is due, so yeah, lots of work. But when when uh when are classes over? What what's the last day for classes? Last day for classes is Thanksgiving break, but then okay, the cycle of finals begins. Oh, the finals cycle. What? <laughs> the the finals cycle. <laughs> what did you say the first time? The Sinal Spikel. The Sinal Spikel. <laughs> That's right, Stephen. In every Sinal Spikel year, <laughs> I always wait to the last minute. <laughs> Just stay up for two or three days before the exam and get a solid B. And I think I'm going to try to yeah, do man. that again this time. Around. Yeah, man. <laughs> You just you just you just get that uh, that B that you're real comfortable with, knowing that you probably could have gotten an A, but it's all right. You got a B. Dude, law school finals are no fucking joke. And I can only imagine. Like it's yeah. it's the only time when like they advise you spend like a hundred dollars on these like cheating study aids that you are nice. allowed to bring into the final with you because it's what? It, yeah, like it's one of those things where like it doesn't matter how much help you get. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like you're not gonna have time to cheat. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's uh, oh that's fantastic. Yeah, so I bought a bunch of those. And nice. I'm gonna bring them in with me. <laughs> nice. And I'll still get a B. Nice. Very good. But Very good. besides that, um, last time I mentioned that my girlfriend and I have been doing sort of like classic horror movie month, which I think mm -hmm. everybody sort of does during Halloween. For sure. So we've been watching a lot of the, the good old spooky scaries. Um, very recently, we watched the original Halloween, the John Carpenter one, which she'd never seen. She's never seen any of these before. So she that's crazy. She'd never seen Halloween before, the original one, which is a super good movie. Um, it's uh -huh. its sequels are all garbage. <laughs> and then we also watched the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Another fantastic movie. I, like, forgot how good that movie really was uh, mm -hmm. because 
it's I don't know, but like she loves it. She it's one of her favorites now too. That movie's really good. Uh, aside from that, just been working, studying. You know, how about you, man? Did you uh, did you uh, see any good movies? Reading good books? Playing good video games? Uh, yes. So I have been been you know grinding away at the old chopping block. Um, I have actually I caved and bought Battlefield One. Oh yeah. If we're talking vi- video Legos here, I I bought Battlefield One. It's a very good game. Uh, it's they, they do a really good job with World War One. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about it though. Uh, but I've also, in the spirit of Halloween, kind of been watching Black Mirror season three of Black Mirror, which is like freaking incredible. If you haven't seen any of Black Mirror, it's one of the best shows on. Not you can't say television; it's on Netflix, but it's like one of the best shows on Netflix. Um, but I've just been, you know, I've been been getting by. I've been doing my thing. Uh, Where are you guys at yeah. in uh, AP Euro? In AP Euro, we just finished up Scientific Revolution. We uh, talked about the like John Locke and Thomas Hobbes and uh, with Galileo, uh, Kepler, uh, Tycho Brahe. Um, My favorite was Diderot. Diderot. We didn't talk about Diderot. Um, We talked about... uh, What else did we talk about? I think... Was it Pascal? I think. We talked about Descartes and all them. Uh, We... I did a little bit on mercantilism and the mercantile empires of the 16th and 17th and 18th centuries. I talked about the mercantile wars. We talked about the wars of the mid-18th century... Uh, so Monday we're going to finish up those and then start the Enlightenment and then talk about the old regime and then the French Revolution and then Napoleon and hopefully we'll finish Napoleon before Christmas break but I'm not hopeful but anyway that's pretty much what I've been up to Uh, let's go ahead let's go on and get to the history I think okay (laughs) uncertain delve into history uncertainty is the certainty of life you know what I mean let's play that music Okay, Stephen, because I am a massive weeaboo, apparently, and I fucking (laughs) only talk about Japan and China for some reason. I don't know why. Because I I don't know why either. I fucking hate it. (laughs) But you hate uh, Japan and China? Yeah, is there, is there something you need to get off your chest? That's a little. When like, I was uh, a little boy. <laughs> I had an ice cream cone, and Japan and China came up and knocked it into the dirt. Uh, so uh, I'm doing Oni. <laughs> okay. So, I don't know if you guys know about Oni. A little background on the Oni. So the Oni are a subclass of yokai, which are in themselves a class of supernatural monsters in Japanese folklore. The term oni is commonly translated as demon, devil, or ogre. The word oni has commonly been attributed to the term onyomi, which means, or which refers to the reading of a person's true character or intentions. Uh, martial artists and fighting game players refer to like anticipating and reading the somebody's next move as yomi so all of this is kind of connected this is because the oni 
originally were invisible or they would take on deceptive forms in order to uh, cause havoc, bad luck, natural disasters, heartache, all that kind of shit. Gotcha. Eventually, they took on their kind of more uh, stable form of this like ogre kind of creature. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may have been after uh, Buddhism and other cultural influences infected Japanese culture. Gotcha. So modern Oni actually have many similarities in physicality with Indian Yaksha and Arabian Jinn or Genie, if you're into that sort of thing. So they're like these big hulking, like you've probably seen them in if you're into like Japanese shit. <laughs> they have like horns and like lion tiger kind of faces and they're muscular and it's all great so <laughs> the demon gate this sounds so metal the demon gate is the northeast right so the mm-hmm. northeast direction or kimon meaning oni gate was a strong source of superstition in china and japan if you tr- if you locate china on a map of the world and you move your hand to the northeast same with japan and you leave the northeast there's fucking nothing there right mm-hmm. it's the pacific ocean it's fucking mm-hmm. scary yeah, uh, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> in the chinese zodiac each of the 12 zodiac symbols kind of has its like cardinal direction but mm-hmm. the northeast is like this dead zone in between where the ox and the tiger of the chinese zodiac are and this is why oni's commonly have ox horns and tiger claws and tiger faces and they also commonly have like tiger skin pants or clothing on um so in japan a lot of temples are built facing the northeast as a way of warding off these evil oni spirits okay so modernly uh in like modern japan the onis have kind of changed perception you know japan is a lot you know japan is still very superstitious and they have like a very strong cultural and uh religious identity but now the it's a much it's much less than it used to be and the onis are kind of seen as less threatening so japan is all about their fucking festivals they love throwing festivals uh one of these really famous ones is called the setsubun festival where people hang holly and throw soybeans uh, because Onis hate holly and soybeans, apparently. And they also hang monkey statues out of their houses to ward off evil Oni because monkeys are good at fighting off Oni, apparently. Gotcha. Uh, Conversely, Onis almost have a weird protective identity as well. They're sort of treated like gargoyles, um... like the way gargoyles adorn uh, churches in Europe so many Japanese roofs have like a very like one special tile with an oni face carved into it called the onigawara which wards off bad luck and many Japanese parades are led by a guy dressed up as an oni Uh, also modernly the term oni is used to like discipline children oh, <laughs> like, nice like you're like oh you little fucking oni like the kid <laughs> is like being a shit um so not to you know enforce stereotypes but japan is known for having like strict 
parenting, right? Right, sure. Um, so one famous way that Oni is used in disciplining kids is, like, if a kid acts unlike their parent or against their parents' wishes, they're okay. called an Oni. Like, you know, like, you're no son of mine. Like, you're okay. Oni. And this is because, you know, Onis originally were deceptive or they were or invisible or they would take the shape of something else to cause mayhem. Okay. So, like, saying, oh, you're just, like, a fucking little Oni dressed up as my son. You're not my real son kind of thing when you bring home, gotcha. like, okay. you know, bad grades or if you stole or if you lied or something like that. Okay, gotcha. So that's kind of how it's used today. Now, enough of the background. I'm going to give, like, a very short story of an Oni because just to, like, give a history of the Onis is very difficult to do because... It's like giving a history of, like, ghosts. <laughs> right. They right, just appear sure. all over Japanese folklore. And right. it's it's not one concrete, developed, like, timeline or characterization. Um, so there's just hundreds of Japanese folklore tales that have Oni in them, and they do a bunch of different things. But this one is one of my favorite. It's, it's called the Oni of Agi Bridge. So... Let me take you back to sort of medieval feudal Japan, right? Take me back, please. So you got the rice paddy, you got the samurai walking around, people wearing those funny hats, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Don't know, don't know exactly what you're referring to with the funny hats thing. You know exactly what I'm referring to with the funny hats. Don't. So anyway, in this village, this small rural village, there's a haunted bridge known as Agi Bridge. It is Ooh, said to be guarded by a demon, an Oni. And as many of these stories start, like Aesop fables or moral stories, there's a guy. And this guy is different for some reason. So one day, this guy is trying to impress his friends and claims that it's all superstition. and He's not afraid of Agi Bridge. And they're all insane for thinking there's an actual Oni haunting it. So what does he do? He goes to the bridge alone at night and attempts to cross it. He appears on the bridge, and through the moonlight in the mist, the man sees the shape of a person. Being unafraid, the man approaches and discovers that this human, wink wink, is Mm -hmm. a beautiful woman. He, t- mm. he sees her and he's like, oh, okay, well, okay. I get down with this. So he slides up and attempts to flirt with the woman. Uh, and as soon as uh, he catches her eye, she turns into a giant, disgusting oni. <laughs> nice. And uh, Japanese folklore is full of, like, uh, like really strong uh, physical, like, description. So he's like oozing and green and like there are flies flying around his crotch and he's got like bloody pus dripping out of his ears and all this kind of shit right like Mm -hmm. very much the opposite of a beautiful woman right right sure and that's what onis do is they like you know play you know tricks and they change form right uh so the oni attacks the man and chases him off the bridge the man escapes and flees from the pursuing Oni. And the Oni's like, shit, he got away. I can't let him tell my secret because it's like a trap, right? Right. So the only f- Oni finds out where this guy lives, transforms into this dude's brother, 
and knocks on the door that very night. The man opens the door to see his brother and quickly invites him into the house to tell him about the secret of Aggie Bridge. The Oni then reveals himself and bites the man's head off. <laughs> nice. Just fucking like chomps it down. And then the Oni wanders the village, finds the guy's family, and dances in front of them while dangling his head in front of them. Nice. He's like, ha look at this little piece of shit. And then he vanishes into the night, never to be seen again. And then nobody goes near that fucking bridge anymore. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> and, like, one thing I really like about some Japanese folklore is, like, what is the moral here? Like, what do you take There is away? one. There is one. The thing you take away is you don't go near that fucking bridge. You know what I mean? There could be said yeah. something about how he was, like, boastful and didn't believe in tradition or whatever. But, like, no. This guy, he got, like, brutally fucking murdered. And, like, that's the end. All right, kids, time for bed. Right? Like, the Oni doesn't get its comeuppance. Right, Just sure. It's the That's fucking crazy. guy. Um, so, aside from that, in, like, modern culture, pop culture, and media, I'm sure you guys have... If you're into... If you if you got your finger on the vein of right. anything Japanese, Oni's come up. So, like, uh, for example, in Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z, if you guys grew up with Toonami, um, the god of that universe is an oni called King Yema. Um, if you're into fighting games and Street Fighter, um, uh, Akuma's evil counterpart is known as Oni. Uh, and there's a bunch of other ones like uh, uh, in uh, Oni Musha, which is like a video game series. There's a guy who has the power of the oni. In Mortal Kombat, the Nether Realm is populated by onis. Um, if you remember the old cartoon Jackie Chan Adventures, they're having to collect Oni masks at one point. Uh, if you like comic books and Hellboy, Hellboy fights a giant Oni and awakens Thunder and Lightning, the evil brothers, um, in the Sword of Storms arc, which is really good. And Onis are kind of just like everywhere. Anytime there's like Japanese folklore, mysticism, uh, usually an Oni shows up. And just like scratches himself and burps and makes like a disgusting fucking show out of himself. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, they're like like I said before, but nowadays they kinda take on a, a weird sort of good bad role where they just like protect people sometimes and ward off bad luck. Or create bad luck? I'm not quite sure. It seems to be like a a weird double-edged sword. Anyway, that's well, that's I, Onis. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think a lot of those like kind of demons and things like that. They're they're they have multiple different. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and that's I think that's it all over the world. It's like that. Um, any culture you find, it's gonna they're they're gonna have multiple different like personalities and traits, and you know some are good and some are bad. Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. I, you know, that's when when you told me you were doing the Oni, I uh, did a, did a quick uh, GS, a quick Google search, and um, <laughs> I, I I knew exactly what you were talking about. Like like I didn't know what the name of the the demon was, but I when you know when you see uh, like pictures, it, it's it's like oh yeah, no, I've seen that before. Yeah, sure. yeah, definitely. Um, that's very interesting. Good scrolls, man. Thanks, dude. You're very welcome. 
Um, so uh, I've got something that's kind of in the same realm as like demony, not quite demon demons. though. Demon. Um, demony. Uh, but uh, but should we go ahead and jump ship over to mine? Yeah, dude. Let's fucking bail out this sinking like dinghy and sail yep, to the SS Stevens story. Let's hit it. Let's. <laughs> Play the music. <laughs> Let's play that music. <laughs> Alright, Dave. So, this week, on the theme of monsters, I kind of want to think about this bigger theme. Okay. I want to think about what really scares us as people. Because, in reality... PC culture. Mon- <laughs> what? Yep. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, because in reality, monsters are created out of our deepest fears. Uh, ghosts, for example. The loved ones or not-so-loved ones coming back and haunting us long after they've died. Sea monsters, great big beasts that live in the dark unknown of the ocean. In many ways, this is why fear of these monsters still exists. Because they they are our fears. Um, now, I don't really mean to get all existential here talking about fear and that sort of thing. But I, I say this to introduce the monster that I have chosen this week. Uh, because in, in a lot of ways, this monster is wrapped up into our idea of fear. In this world, one of, this, one of the biggest uh, things that we fear more than anything is seeing and being next to a monster and not knowing their true nature. We think back to your story, the Oni, seeing the beautiful woman and that beautiful woman transforming into this big, gross, like, pus fly <laughs> monster uh, the pus fly monster right but like the biggest things that we fear is is seeing you know a beautiful woman and not realizing that they are in fact this this monster yeah. uh, this fear of not realizing that we're standing directly next to a monster is not seen any more clearly than in the monster I've chosen this week which is the changeling ooh uh, so odds are many of you have not ever heard or know what a changeling is have you ever heard of him before they've seen the movie changeling well there you go um <laughs> but out, out, outside of that have you ever heard of them before um just in magic the gathering ah there we go um so a changeling is a fairy that takes the place of a newborn baby and i say fairy um sometimes they're a demon a troll uh uh a sprites a spirit uh, but usually fairy is the term that's going to be used most often. Okay. But it's a, a, it's a fairy that takes the place of a newborn baby. It is believed that the fairies either take the actual human baby uh, or replace it with a... Or, or, blah, blah, blah. It is believed that the fairies either take the actual human baby uh, and replace it with a baby fairy or an old fairy that takes the place of that baby. So they take a baby and replace it with either an old fairy or a young fairy, which kind of takes its place. And the changing looks and may even somewhat act like a human child, and that's kind of what makes them so scary, is that all of a sudden you have this baby that, you know, last night was your child, and now this morning may not be, even though it looks like your child. Gotcha. Uh, in regards to what happens to the human baby, that's kind of often debated, and it depends on who you talk to. Some people believe that it is enslaved by the fairies. Oh. Which is just, like, terrifying to think about, being enslaved by fairies. Um, and others believe that it is kind of given a good life and that the fairies take really, really good care of it. Um, it is also thought that if you do something to piss off the fairies, then they'll straight up just nab your kid. <laughs> uh, 
which uh so in medieval europe and kind of pre-medieval uh pagan europe it was thought that families was with in some cultures that families have these guardian deities sometimes seen as kind of guardian fairies and if you don't pay homage to them then they can like hurt you uh and so this would be an example of you if you piss off a fairy by not paying homage to them or whatever you may do then they, they could take your baby and replace them with this changeling um and uh so so really what happens if the kid's not really 100 percent sure um but it is known for certain is that sometimes it does not take for the does not take much for the mother or for others to suspect a child of being a changeling and that would often come with grave consequences oh, yeah, pun intended uh now changeling folklore is not limited to one country or culture it's really seen throughout the world um, however, it is most, mostly seen within European culture, uh, specifically medieval pagan European culture. But what's crazy is that it's not just seen in you know Germanic Europe or uh, British Isles Europe or Spanish Portuguese Europe. It's really seen all over the whole entire continent, all the way from Scandia- Scandinavia, Scandinavia, all the way, <laughs> all the way from Scandinavia to Spain. Okay. In each of these areas, though, we see a way different understanding of them based on the cultures in Scandinavia. For example, they believed that iron would ward off the fairies as they were really afraid of it. Most things in Scandinavian uh, folklore are afraid of iron. Um, because of that, uh, parents would often place an iron knife or iron scissors next to the cradle of a newborn a to ward idea, off the fairies. Uh, and yeah, let's give it, let's give this kid a knife. Uh, and just see what happens. And another thing is, uh, these fairies often resemble more so trolls. Uh, trolls are, are a Scandinavian piece of folklore. Um, but they often resemble trolls more so than what we think fairies okay. would be. Um, which is another important thing to note, is that fairies aren't really the fa- fairies of pop culture. These little tiny, f- like, fluttery, butterfly-looking things. Um, they can really almost resemble more elves or, like, dwarves or trolls. In Ireland, it was believed that looking at a newborn mother or father with envy would endanger that endanger the child. So if you see a newborn baby and you look at it and you're like, oh, man, I really want a kid. Or you look at the mom and you're like, dang, that's a hot mom. Or you look at the dad and you're like, dang, that's a hot dad. Uh, then this could almost put the crosshairs on the baby oh, no. for the fairy uh, because it's like this beautiful creature that they want to take. Um and with these beliefs came ways that people thought that they could get their kid back or at the very least get rid of the fairy in scandinavia if you suspected your child of being a changeling then the right course of action was treat them super shitty and you would eventually get your kid back uh and by treating them super shitty i mean starving them and beating them yeah of course uh in Ireland, it was said that you must throw the changeling into the fire, and it would go flying up the chimney and return your child. Oh, my God. <laughs> and in many other areas of Europe, the common solution was to just throw the changeling into the river. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> now, you can see the problem with this, right? Yeah, so tell me about that infant mortality rate. <laughs> uh, Pretty high. And... Uh, and, and there is no real definite way to tell if your child was a changeling or not. 
and many ways that you're getting your kid back involved torture or death. And this is exactly the problem. Yeah. Many of the ways of distinguishing if a child, if a baby was a changeling, were if they were acting strange or not normal for a child. Um, now, to really give an understanding of what I mean, I want to read a passage from Karl Haupt, and he's a German writer explaining disbeliefs and changeling. And I want to say, heads up, he uses some blue language. This is written in the 1800s, so terms that he uses were acceptable then that aren't acceptable Bunch now. Bunch of N-words. <laughs> right. Uh, no. But he says, uh, and I quote, A child must always have someone nearby until it is six weeks old. Otherwise, an old woman from the woods or the mountains could come and exchange a physically and mentally retarded, malformed changeling for the infant. At the very least, one must place a hymn book near the child's head before leaving the room. However, if through negligence the misfortune does occur, you should take prompt notice of it. Then you need only make a switch from the branches of a weeping birch tree and beat the changeling severely with it. The old woman will Fuck respond yes. to his cries by bringing back the exchanged child and taking the beastly child away. You must allow her to depart unhindered, neither scolding nor cursing her. Otherwise, you will be left with the changeling hanging on your neck. Holy shit. So literally, nice. this gets to the heart of... Of the problem with changelings. If your child has some sort of physical or mental disability, they may be mistaken for a changeling and thus beaten, killed, or neglected. This is crazy and terrifying. I think it also explains where the idea of changeling comes from. If your child acts abnormal, then it can't be your child, right? If your child uh, has a birth defect, it can't be your child. It must be something else. But it also, again, speaks to our fears. Our fears that something that looks like one of our own could be a monster, could be different. And the length, the lengths that people will go through to get rid of that monster. Now, for the most part, the fear of changelings is more or less gone. Modern science and medicine has explained birth defects. Uh, but I wanted, I want to end kind of kind of wrap things up about change, talking about changelings with the story of a woman named Bridget Clearly. Now, okay. Bridget Clearly was born in Ireland where she married her husband Michael, Michael Clearly. Uh, Michael worked in a different city than Bridget did and when Bridget's mothers died, they reunited together and moved to Bridget's small hometown to take care of her father. Sometime after that, Bridget was reported missing. She had been sick for some time, so uh, so much so that last rites had been administered to her. But when people in the town began to inquire about her, um, she was nowhere to be seen. If she had died, at the very least, there would be some sort of body to bury. But there was no body. Uh, Bridget's husband, uh, uh, Michael's official explanation for where Bridget had gone was that it had been fairies that had stolen her. Fairies had taken her away. Some people believed him, uh, but others did not. Others thought he was making the whole thing up. And through investigation by local officials, they finally uncovered the truth. Michael and Bridget's father had believed that Bridget was kidnapped by fairies and that had been replaced by one of the fairies. In order to drive the fairy out, they forced her closer and closer to an open fire. And you can yeah. probably guess what happens next. <laughs> 
Investigators found her burnt body in a shallow grave near the house. Not only were Michael and the father charged, but so were eight other people. That means that eight people not only believed that she had been a changeling, but also took part in the process of trying to rid her of the changeling. Hmm. But what's crazier than anything is that all of this happened in 1895. What? Just over a hundred years ago, people were still not only believed in fairies, but were actively killing people because they thought this. And uh, and so that's the story of Bridget Clearly. Uh, she's kind of regarded as the last witch ever burned. Um, and uh, but but it's really interesting, and I think it again not only plays into our fears of the unknown and the fear of difference, but also you know the superstition that exists, which kind of brings me to my closing point about changelings. Um, and one thing that I think is very Interesting. And this is kind of going off topic a little bit, but I couldn't help but think about it as I was uh, doing research. Is this idea of of the old ways versus the new ways, right? Of st- strictly in Europe, paganism versus Christianity. Uh, so, paganism is not really a specific religion, but more so a type of religion, the worship of kind of the natural gods um, and the, the nature around you. Yeah. And so uh, the uh, and so, so so Europe for the most part before Christianity worshipped or were pagan, uh, worshipped these natural gods, had a lot of these rituals, believed in these kind of uh, what we would consider folklore stories and and monsters and things like that. Then when Christianity rolls through, uh, it you know it instills that there is one true God, that these these all these other gods don't exist, and all this whole thing. But a lot of these old beliefs stayed extremely rigid within people. Uh, and I think Changeling is a great example of this because even though people had no reason to believe in fairies and no reason to believe that they, that they could kidnap their kids or their wives or their loved ones, um, it was still there. And you know how, how do you explain that within Christianity? And in fact, Martin Luther, Martin Luther, 95 Theses Martin Luther writes about Changelings. And he calls them demons and devils, but he still kind of acknowledges it, which I think is extremely fascinating um, and shows that paganism and pagan beliefs held on firmly to a lot of core ideas of especially people living outside of the big cities in Europe like Paris and and London and um, Berlin. So that is my story about changelings. Here's some good scrolls. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I think that the whole uh, the, the the mythology of medieval Europe is. I mean, you guys, you know, I love medieval Europe, but the whole mythology of medieval Europe is is super interesting because it always brings this conflict of paganism versus Christianity, which I think is pretty cool. I think it's cool that you and I both picked like shapeshifters. Yeah, 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 and, for sure, Un- unintentionally, unintentionally, and it yeah. like kind of reveals how that's like something that's culturally pervasive throughout the entire world and also something that you and I find hella interesting. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, 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 dang man. I, th- I would say good scrolls all around for that one. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, dude. and, uh, so that, that can, that concludes our two parter spooky Halloween 
themed episodes. Holy crap, Dave, we did it. We actually were on time for for some sort of uh, holiday and some sort of themed holiday episode. We successfully did yes. something we said we were going to do. Hey, that's a first. Uh, first. Alright, Dave, so next week uh, I think that we should talk about in the spirit of the uh, election that is going to be happening on November 8th. Everybody get out there and vote who lives in the United States or doesn't live in the United States and is a United States citizen living outside of the country. Everybody go out there and vote, 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 vote. Um, in the spirit of that, I think that we should pick two campaigns from two past presidents and talk about them. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, no, no one talks about the campaigns, right? And I think it's extremely relevant. So let's do that. Sounds like a plan, my man. All right, so next week, uh, campaigns, for, former president's campaigns. Um, before we wrap things up and head out, uh, I want to say that you can find us on Facebook, Bad History Podcast, Twitter, at Bad History Cast, email badhistorypodcast at gmail.com. We're all over directories, uh, iTunes, uh, leave us a rating review. We are on TuneIn Radio. We are on Google Play Music. We are on Stitcher. And yeah, there we go. Sounds good. You yeah. did that quick. Oh, man. Just knock out. Boom, 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 boom. Knock it out. Uh, anything else? Anything else you want to add? No, just happy history and good scrolls, everybody. We will see you all next time. 